This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer! Hi, Richard. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you? I am obviously in heaven because there's like an angel hanging out over my shoulder. What the heck? Yeah. Playing playing the guitar. From that fancy book that I send to everybody, which I absolutely love. Oh, that's so cool. To the afterlife. It's amazing. Well, it's our, you know, it's a culmination of our work. I mean, it is amazing if you think about it. Um, I'll be talking about it uh, at this uh, conference, the art of living, the art of dying to live or living to die. I forget what it is. But you can find out uh, how to sign up for it at richmartini.com. Or if you're a fan of our Facebook pages, we have it on there as well, the both of us do. Very good. And I, the lineup is uh, in the last day, it's Deepak Chopra and then Dr. Even Alexander, the guy who wrote Proof of Heaven. Yep. Yours truly. And then, <laughs> and so I, you know, I've been thinking about like, what am I going to talk about? Of course, I'll be talking about our work mm-hmm. um, because I think that's why I was invited, you know. It's one thing for me to talk about our work, but it's another thing to have an example of our work, you know, as a podcast, people can see right. it themselves and go, what the heck is that? What, what are they doing? It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm very excited for you. So, well, we'll you know, hopefully, hopefully I will, I'll be able to tell the story within an hour, you know instead of like be a preamble so tell us about you my dear how are you doing what's going on what's happening just a lot of events you know i am very um fortunate to do this work and i'm grateful that i can and it's every single day like i looked at my schedule and i had a little bit of anxiety from it <laughs> just because every lunch every dinner seems Book. scheduled and I'm trying, but the good news, so besides the work that I absolutely love doing, good couple good things. The Rams are in the Super Bowl. If anyone has seen Heaven Can Wait, they would love the Rams. That's right. I've been a Ram fan ever since that movie. No kidding. No kidding. And yeah, um, I was rooting for them. So I moved. Thank you. Thank you, clients. I moved all my clients to Friday <laughs> because of the Super Bowl. And then I am very excited. I get to take Blake to UCLA tomorrow to tour the campus. Wow, that'll be fun. Oh my gosh, your daughter is- I know, I know, I know, I know. If I have it my way, I want her close because I'm not ready for her to go, but- No, I think that's a great idea. Of course, you know, even if she lived on campus, which would make sense, Mm -hmm. but you know, uh, Westwood's such a lovely place. It's a great school, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows, you know, they want to get in. Yeah, so I get to do that. And I'm having a lot of fun. I'm able to travel and do this work. This is what I love because I don't have to be anywhere to do it. I can be everywhere and do it. Very true, very true. Um, And I found myself doing more and more of these sessions, you know, helping people access their council over the past week. It's been unusual. Because I normally, you know, just say, uh, you know, call so-and-so, talk to so-and-so, read a book. Because no, you know? I'm sending clients that found that have found us that do sessions with me. I'm telling yeah. them to go to you for the same reason, because you do, you do, you're, you do it in a way that I still laugh about that we found out, you know, with Morton, whatever his name is, Philip, no. Michael whatever. Nude. 
Michael Newton. Michael Newton, yes. Um, in Fishbar, I remember it, how he said, he goes, you're going to change the way it's done. And you have. And it's and it's effective. And it's amazing. Well, I, th I, you know, I think the value is to show people that they're guides, they're teachers, they're mm -hmm. council members, the people who help or have been helping you for all your lifetime. They're available. They're not like distant uh, icons on a mountain that you have to climb up the mountain to get to ask the guy inside the cave, you know, what's the meaning of life? And they're like, dude, it was the hike up here. That was the meaning of life. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'll have some. Thank you. It's, Is that a cappuccino? Uh, it's a cappuccino. A little, bit of, <laughs> a little bit of a mix, which I love. All right, very good. Now listen, Luana, not that, uh, uh, I'm just recalling maybe a dream that I might have had recently. I'm recalling the move, the show that I sent to you. Did you research it? Yeah, I did. I took a look. It's hilarious. Very good. So good. Yeah, it was very funny. But that's a show about a show set. Well, it's yeah, it's a show set in Australia where a dentist, this woman, suddenly has somebody show up and in her life, and she's trying to figure out like, who are you? What are you doing? He's a musician. And he's trying to figure out what he's doing there too, because he has no idea. Like, what am I? So it's a funny. Uh, the guy's very tall, I must say, in terms of this show. What's it called? It's called Spirited, and it's Spirited. On, and it's on Prime, Amazon Prime. Okay, cool. And I think it was made in 2010. But uh, yeah, I've, I just I tuned it in for a little bit. I got a chance to check it out. But I kind of feel like that with a couple. Like I was mentioning this, there is somebody that um, Eddie Hassel, who's passed away where i feel like he's around just like that guy like i can talk to him it's kind of oh and i talk to people all the time that are not well here. he's like a real person that i talk to and his mom and dad are amazing parents and they also can feel him and see him she wow. can actually so sandy i hope hi sandy you're listening um <laughs> she can actually kind of she talks herself out of it but she hears him i'm like that's such a gift you know, but this show reminds me of him and his family, Eddie and his family. Well, and that idea, uh, and we've talked about it with our uh, group and our podcast before, this process of opening yourself up to the possibility that, right. you know, people do have experiences all the time. And then they think to themselves, oh, you know, I, maybe I made that up. Or they think, you know, I'm not available. I'm not like Jennifer. I can't you know, I can't see people or I can't hear, but well, that's true. That's fine. It's even better sometimes. Trust me. I was with Cindy and I've never seen so I'm like sleeping with the medium. I'm kidding around. We were sharing a room. I've never seen so much activity in my life. Wow. When we were in Oregon last week. Oh, it wow. Crazy. If I had it my way, I would have slept with the lights on, but I just, I kind of, and this is something that you guys should know. Like if you feel unrest, just say, can I please go to sleep? And it's usually the last thing that I remember. Very good. That's right. Can we just shut the door for a little bit or turn down the volume of all these people talking to me? Mm. But that idea of, so, you know, for, for our, you know, first time listeners or our last time listeners, the idea <laughs> of, you know, they want to talk to somebody, they want to communicate with someone. And you and I have spoken about this uh, audible communication isn't the only form of communication obviously images uh places signs. they love to give signs like i said to somebody this morning i said to them I'm like listen she's showing it was a daughter who passed away who was killed i'm like she's showing you signs about that something that he was asking about and then when we hung up 
all the pictures from her started floating on his phone and it was nothing, you know, oh, they wow. just started and he's like, I cannot believe that just happened, you know, and they are so good at electronics. Well, I, let me ask you about that. So this happened to us the other day. We were talking about our dear friend, Charles Grodin, who had passed away last year. And, yeah. um, and my wife uh, it has, has done some help with people and legal issues. And, it, and I said, um, you know, you should maybe focus on this issue that Chuck Charles Grodin was so adamant about, the felony murder rule, where right. if somebody loans their car to somebody, and they go off and commit a crime with a car, you're responsible for it. And, and right. they'll put you in prison for life. And all the major democracies, all the democracies in the world have gotten rid of that rule, that law, except ours. Anyway, and I just said casually as I'm walking out the door, you know, maybe you should focus on that a little bit and, and try to help people with that concept. And apparently I got to the car and I'm driving away and suddenly the phone rings and it was like, oh my God. And they were, the television had a, uh, there was a show on, uh, you know, watching, I think it was the Supreme Court talking about the Supreme Court. And there was just like this new thing where they're talking about what's going on. And suddenly it flashed, it cut to a court case about the felony murder rule. And that's what they were talking about, as if it was specific. And then every device in the house suddenly was carrying that same broadcast, whether it was Alexa or whether it was somebody's self. It, so it was very strange. So right. let's let's ask our friend Chuck, if you don't mind, Lou. I know you're in touch <laughs> with him. How'd you do that, buddy? That's so funny. <laughs> okay, so I moved my chair. I changed chairs because I love this chair better than the other chair that's in this room. Okay. So it was sitting right next. It's a chair that rolls, and Chuck just jumped in that chair and rolled it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny. He's like, "You Whee! have that, for me, right?" For our guests, I'm like, "Well, yeah." I never thought of it like that. Um, okay, hold on a second. He says, that's easy. He's like, Rich, it's easy. He, <laughs> you know how he, I don't know if he does this, like crosses his legs and just like, oh. So well, it's a little bit what Jack Benny used to do, you know, okay. and he was a fan of, of course, you know, great comedians like Jack Benny, but okay. they're like, uh, whatever, not a big deal. He goes, when you have as many spirits collectively, he goes, it's a piece of cake. Piece of cake. Wow. Of cake. And so, and, and so is that a, a multi, I mean, who's creating the idea? I mean, look, it, it's somebody, because we checked the tape. Somebody clearly had pushed the wrong button in the broadcast because it was on all the devices. We could roll it back. It just didn't come out of nowhere, but it was recorded. So right. my question is, is like, is, are you asking that person to push the wrong button? on the console who's broadcasting the thing or i mean how or does everybody work in concert everybody works in concert so it's a little bit more complicated he's saying okay we find an opening that we can do this that we can manipulate whatever device or time whatever is involved in it so we saw that opening and i'm checking to see was it the news people or was it he said it was everybody everybody including the thought for me to say you should work on the felon because i have never said there's that a, sentence in my that's life the cherry on the top he just showed me the cherry on top okay like, the icing on the cake icing that. on the cake that's the cherry yeah. on top the actual stating the thing but right. it also helped us focus because i said it aloud 
and then it's suddenly all the devices switch to that channel without even them being on. But the idea of, you know, let's focus on yeah. something. Go ahead. He also says that you're open enough to have that happen. And to discuss it, to everybody yeah. in the house to go, you're not going to believe it, but I got to the car and, and, you know. Yeah. And he said that he, he's been talking to you about it for the last like five weeks. Very good. And in fact, I, I appeared in a documentary. I mean, they shot the footage last you, week. You must be famous. <laughs> well, he was famous, but because I knew him. And because he took me on the Merv show and a couple of other loved what you brought up, he said. And I, I, hold on. He said, especially the last part. Now, Jennifer and I have not spoken about this. I did not tell her anything about this documentary. And she, he did tell me he was doing a documentary and it had to do with Charles. Oh, okay. All right. But I, I didn't but tell you what it. I said. No, no. What no, no, I didn't tell you whether it was good or bad. Right. I could have said, right. you know, so, I was terrible or something, but. So he said, he's saying, which you already know, but it was the very ending. And it was almost like a wink or you saw him wink, mm. like with what you did. Like, good job, buddy. And he said that, he goes, your view was so different. There was an underlying friend. He goes, he, he's like, that I'm so great. And then I <laughs> help people and I make people laugh and I sing. He goes, but you took all of those underlying threads and you made it into a big bow. I did. I took you the did. time to really think you, long and- You knew me, uh, other than my wife, better than anybody. And he goes, sometimes maybe even a little bit more, but he goes, you got me and how, how grateful I am. He's like, what if I didn't believe in this work? How miserable would it be for me? Well, he didn't when he was on the planet and we would have quite a few debates about it. In fact, he would banish me from certain rooms in the house. Like, oh, you're talking about that? I think because it, it, it and Chuck, maybe you could talk about he it. Didn't want it. He didn't want to talk about mortality. Thank you. I knew that was the issue. And so I, I would, I would try. Mortality would, wasn't what you were saying. It was the fact that I didn't want to die. So let me ask you this. So when you became aware that you were still on the planet, let's say still uh, alive, did you reflect on any of the conversations we had or was it just a whole new bit of information? No, I got to have all of those conversations we had. Because it's not really, because it's not that much fun knowing that you were always right. <laughs> because no, what's maybe the timing is off. He goes, but he's so funny. He's just like, yeah. I he, mean, he was right. He was every single time he opened up his mouth, and I didn't want to hear it, but he was right. Wow. Goes, you know. And one, you've been right after. And Listen, the, things, the things that you have felt from him, from Charles. So all the people that are tuning in and listening to this, and you've been having an argument with somebody in your life, and you're like, well, I'm right, and you're wrong, you know, blah, blah. I mean, who wouldn't want to hear that from somebody on the flip side to come back? So I can't have been right all the time. But, but he, he said the timing was, he's talking about timing wasn't maybe, maybe be off, but 
what's funny is that I tell people because when I discuss past lives, which I you know I believe in, even though this is the only life that counts right now, um, I'm like I can't prove it. That's the only thing I can't stand is I can't prove it. I'm like there better be a huge li- you know line of people up there because <laughs> the whole the whole concept is like we won't know until we get there, right? Right. But you have that. He said you were right. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> He's there. <laughs> well, I and I also got I got to ask you at the very end of this interview, and it was about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Um, and there's going to be a lot of really, I mean, not there's going to be a lot of famous people in this documentary. And and if there's ten seconds of me talking, I'm honored to be part of it. But at some point, he asked the same question he asked Robert De Niro and Martin Short and Steve Martin. Uh, sum up Charles Grodin in a word or you know in a, in a con- when I say Charles Grodin what comes to mind integrity for me but well ahead. you know I had thought about that and that was going to say that so integrity was going to be the word and I don't but, know him I know him more now than I did before but that's so but I thought about that because here's a, here was a guy who was a loyal friend he was an empath this is that was the string that I pulled together is that he listened as an actor he listened to other actors with empathy, and then he would react to what they were saying. And then in life, he listened to prisoners talking about being stuck in prison with empathy and how can I help them? So his whole journey, and then on a talk show, he would listen to the guests and then ask them about their journey. And so I, empath is going to be the word along with integrity. But instead, I said, the love of my life. Which was such a weird, like, what, what, excuse me, what? <laughs> and, but I, I, it just popped out of my mouth and I thought, well, did he say that? I mean, what that, was that his joke? <laughs> no, he always knew that you guys had a bromance. And he goes, as much as he, he just couldn't get enough of you and what you would say, even if it drove him crazy and yeah, vice versa. And he's just showing like, like if there was a soul that kind of split, you guys both had that same that the same kindness in humanity of wanting, you know, people not to suffer unnecessarily. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And also the idea that comedy. Your, your, your endpoints were the same, he said. Wow, that's sweet. But also that idea that comedy can heal people. We don't think of it that way, but a laugh, a belly laugh, it's something. I mean, he would make jokes about his relationship with Miss Piggy. He had this whole secret, you know, affair. And then he would go on Carson or, you know, Letterman. And then they'd show a photograph of him and Miss Piggy. And he'd look at the camera and go, where'd you get that? (laughs) Who took that picture? And he would do this whole thing as if there was video somewhere of him and Miss Piggy in a room alone. And then he was terrified that it would come out. (laughs) I mean, that kind of humor, it so takes you away from whatever your health issue is, your trouble in your life the journey you're on, you're not thinking about that at all. And by being able to laugh at something, it really changes your disposition because you come away from that experience of like, I I feel better, you know? Yeah. Well, just by saying that when you wake up in the morning, okay, actors, thank you. Try not to do that again. (laughs) You can't help but laugh, but it works. Oh, I know what it is, Chuck. I'm sorry to interrupt. It was the other night. The other night I was... I, this was a couple of days after the interview. I wasn't really thinking about him. And then we had, I had two nights where I had dreams where he was in. One was uh, on a movie set somewhere. And I was sort of not 
talking to him, but I was watching him and he was like, you know, working. And then he was looking at a newspaper and he was circling the fact that the movie, The Jerk was on somewhere. You know, that's my favorite movie. All right, well, I, I, don't, I didn't know I that. I have never laughed so hard. And I made my son watch it with me because it was so funny. And my son's just like, no one could get away with that now. So, but of course, Steve Martin, Steve Martin was close friends with Chuck and he's going to appear in this documentary, but he was circling it because he said, oh, that's funny. I think the kids are going to enjoy that. And he was referring to like what, his grandkids or, or your yeah. kids. I don't know. But I, I was aware of that. And the second one was that thing of you sort of waking up and, and thanking people. And I was at the end of a dream with him. And I was like, well, thank you for appearing in the dream. And then he, he said, of course, Richard. And I said, so what are you doing? Because I thought follow up question. He said, well, I'm I'm tending to my garden. And he wasn't a gardener. I mean, he had beautiful estate with gardens, but he wouldn't be out there. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I, I'm working with my herbs. And I thought, I'm thinking to myself, what is it? And then I realized two of his closest friends, Herb Gardner, the guy who wrote A Thousand Clowns, whose house he was married at, and Herbie Kaplan, the name popped into my head, somebody that was his childhood best friend, wow. that he kept friends for, for life, who I met once in Pittsburgh 30 years ago, suddenly his name was right in my mind. The two herbs that he was hanging out with in his garden. And I just thought that is not a joke I could ever construct can, you know, or think about or come up with or even assign to him. So uh, what can I say other than, wow, not only does life go on, but comedy goes on. Yes, it does. There's a great podcast called Smartless. And it's with- Those Jeff other podcasts? I know. Can you believe that? They had Michael Moore on there. So regardless to what you think of Michael Moore. Oh, I like Michael Moore. I, I met him. It is so interesting because he has the same view of we just need more comedy. We need to have more laughter. That's what's going to save us. You know, he was talking about, you know, the gun laws and everything about not the gun laws, but how Canada has more guns than we do. And but yet they don't have the shooting. So how does that? Yeah, what's up with that? And they talked about how, you know, if somebody comes in the middle of the night and opens up the door, nobody shoots anybody. They're just like, oh, come on in. Yeah, you know? hello, my, no, no, that's not true. You know, but you, got, you do that right. here, they shoot you, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. And he goes, he goes, they also have the one law they have for handguns is that you have to, they're trying to pass, is you have to have your wife sign off on it, your ex-wife sign off on it, if you have one, your girlfriend sign off on it to say that you're mentally okay to have one. Right. And, so, <laughs> and not going to use it on that. <laughs> right. I mean, not too many people <laughs> would have handguns, maybe in Canada, but not here. You know? <laughs> no, no, it's, it is. It's really funny. insightful and brilliant. I appreciate that. That's funny. Yeah. It was wow. funny. They just, they just, I love Jason Bateman, Will Arnett. They're just amazing. Well, Jason Bateman is very, was very close to Chuck. Oh, maybe that's why you put it in my head. That's yeah. Nice. And they, uh, I they, didn't know that. Yeah, they did them. They did a film uh, not too long ago, but you know, before Aww. obviously, when Chuck older years, and I and I know that they became fast friends. And then I think I mentioned this uh, in Chuck's backyard. He had a like a path that you could get on a golf cart and ride around. It took you about a twenty minutes to ride around the state. And he had put animals out along the estate. Right. We've talked I about that. that. But Jason yeah. Baton supplied the voices of the monkeys that yes, are in the tree now i remember so yes. 
Hilarious. So I have never had it. I've never met him. So I've never had a chance to chat with him about that and talk about a mutual. Well, I feel like I know him because it's the only other podcast I listen to. <laughs> oh, no, he's a very it's funny great. guy. Yeah, it's they've done an amazing job. If you want some laughter. Speaking of laughter and an amazing job, is Luana got a list of anybody we need to talk to today? Let me check. I put Luana in check. There, there you go. Um, <laughs> huh. Okay. Elvis. Well, that's a big name. I mean, is it Elvis Presley or Elvis uh, Casello? No, I'm kidding. Is I, there any, I, saw Elvis, I saw Elvis Presley. Okay, oh. very good. All right, very good. Elvis, the last time you came to visit us or had a conversation with us, I asked you a question about who greeted you on the other side, and you talked about a child that you were supposed to have that didn't happen and that that's who greeted you and you were met with overwhelming love. Mentioning that with somebody before his wife. Yeah, like, he did say it was not his wife. He's saying that else. again. Okay. Then okay. Then. Yeah, he did say that. Well, no, I appreciate you repeating that. So what, what is yeah. it you want to talk about today, please? Or you want to expand upon that? Oh. I feel like he's saying, or Luana is saying, I'm like, so what do you guys want to talk about? And it's about how to get your voice and I'm like, is it, are you talking about getting your voices out there? Or are you talking about manifesting songs and music? And it's, they want to talk about how to get them to hear you, which- On the other side. On the other side. Okay. And so we've talked about this a little bit because- I know, but it's just odd. I, right. It seems backwards, but, but by, by addressing this, it's important. So Luana, you've mentioned it before. It's like, you guys on the other side need to slow down your frequency so that you can sort of be on the same denser level that we're on. Is that what you mean? Yes. Hold on. They mentioned me because I do it all day long. Yeah. So I never, oh, it's, it's like constantly practicing. So I'm constantly practicing talking to the other side, whether I want to, whether I am, I mean, that's just what I'm doing. And so my voice carries very, very strong, they're saying. So they're showing me, they're showing me and how my voice is very strong on the other side. Um, and that's because I use it so much for the other side. Like you're, you practice so much. Yeah, I practice so much. I laugh, thank you. I never turn this off. Why would I want to, right? But I just don't go around reading everybody. But that way, when someone, because I'm getting questions asked of me from the time I wake up to the time that I go to bed at every dinner, I usually at every lunch, there's always <laughs> something, but I love what I do. And I'm always going to be there to help my, you know, to do as much as I can. Anyway, that being said, it's a practice they're saying, but give me a second. Ah, interesting. Okay, show me again. Thank you. So they're showing me how, like they showed me like a boomerang. The reason why my voice carries is because I also believe what they're saying. So I believe it and that's what doesn't muffle it or stop it. Granted, sometimes I don't. And I'm like, no, that can't be it. I can't tell you how many times I don't believe the other side and they're always right. I don't know why in the world I think differently. Well, I think, it, I think that helps you 
us, you know, what's the word? We sort of shift through wheat, get rid of the chaff. So stuff that comes through that maybe isn't that important. It allows you to, because you keep asking, is this right? Is this correct? Is this right? Sure, right. And so, and so Luana from, and so to continue this metaphor, the idea of, so on people on the other side, and this is something Luana's helped people in our class with, they slow themselves down. Right. So there, just, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you aren't. Go ahead. So she showed me like, so start talking to him because at first you don't believe that you're going to be able to hear that. Even though they're right there, you might not hear them for a couple of days. And that's because of your consciousness, because of your subconscious, not believing in it. So they, so try talking to us, which is projecting our thoughts and then wait for an answer, wait for a sign. It doesn't have to be a voice. I hear voices, but it's not really smart to go around saying you hear voices. <laughs> but it could be a visual. It could be a visual. I get visuals and this is something I talked about with Sandy about, you know, people would people would die to be able to hear their loved one's voice you know where she's like well i don't get the pictures i'm like that doesn't matter if you have a knowing you know right feel, feel into it and sometimes it's a coincidence where you right. know the thing that happens because it's like the exact same day that they left etc cetera, etc cetera. that's another form of communication of a signal right. Right. And they just show, they're showing me like signs, you know, literal signs like street names or, or, you know, every time I looked at a score yesterday, it was 71 for basketball. You know, that was odd. For me. Well, let me ask, let's ask Elvis. I mean, cause he's here. And, and is that what you want to talk about? And the question is, are you expanding upon something you're thinking about? Or is there someone you want to communicate with? He says, the reason why he's communicating part of it was because I believe that I'm talking to him. That is taking years of practice with you and feeling confident enough to be able to do that. He says that I talk, he goes, I don't discriminate. This is Elvis. I don't discriminate. I talk to people that talk to me, right? The difference is they don't believe it. He goes, they just <laughs> don't believe that I'm talking to them. I love that. That's well, that must be disconcerting to people on the flip because side. Because it's awful. He's like, it's awful. They just don't, he isn't, again, they're repeating it. There's no hierarchy, you know? Right. So, but I'm, I'm saying it must there's be nobody, annoying. He goes, annoying. they're showing, he's like, there's nobody famous over there. They're actually, beside, they're actually showing me you in my mind's eye that you're famous. And that's <laughs> what you, that's no, it. You're famous to them because of the work that you're doing. <laughs> right? Oh, what a but disappointment when they actually meet me. But I mean, the idea that the reason he's here, let's say, and he wants to re reinforce this to the people out there who there's listen. something about today's date, even possibly? Two, like, three, two, two. Yeah. Well, it might be, I'm just saying, so he's trying to say that those people who are at, trying to access him, and they may not be telling anyone, oh, I had a dream about Elvis last night, or I want to tell him something. Then he tries to respond and they don't respond. They don't realize or they don't concur and that's annoying you see so it's like he's coming to tell us you know that it's annoying at some level all these people who think they want to talk to him and then when he tries to reply they don't listen is that what you're referring to i wouldn't say i, I would jennifer tapped your nose for those listeners meaning yes correct but i mean annoying is my term uh disconcerting but what would you call it 
Elvis. Aaron. Like we're doing it. He goes, we're doing it the other way around, trying to teach you how to talk to us because then you'll believe it. Very good. Because we could say all day long that we're with you. We give you signs where you can hear us. You know, we give you pictures in your head. But he goes, you just people just shrug it off. He goes, but if he goes, it helps the voice carry literally by you by setting an intention of what it is that you want you know an open-ended invitation to have them to come see you right and, and if i'm and if i may let me ask you this question so let's say someone gets in their car and they turn on the radio and there you are singing your song comes up and this the title or the lyric may relate to their lives and it may relate to the thing that you wanted to reply to them or you wanted to point out to them. It's not that you're giving a blanket message to everybody. You're specifically one-on-one -on -one responding to someone's thought or and you're trying to help them. Is that correct? Yes. And it could be, okay, thank you. It's what we talked about, I believe, last week. It's not going to be some huge epiphany or it's not going to be some huge, but people are, okay, thank you. They, he goes, people in general just want any little sign. He goes, but really they're thinking of something so big that when we give them little signs, they dismiss it. And they're just showing me and how I was when I had, I was a mile offshore in Hawaii and, and hi, kitty cat. And <laughs> Elvis the cat Elvis. playing the piano. <laughs> um, and how two butterflies came by because I wanted a sign from Wayne Dyer. And we were a mile offshore and two butterflies. Wayne Dyer, yes, that's right. And I'm like, I don't believe it. And then dolphins started, like, the dolphins started swimming and jumping it, like this huge school of dolphins. And I'm like, okay, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> you know? So uh, it's like little signs, bigger signs, the wave, they're sitting next to you in the car. It's just little signs, the most subtle signs that might not even make sense to you right then and there, you know, you'll be shown later on, like what they're doing to me now. Like, I don't have it. I'm not thinking of, you know, several years ago being a mile offshore in Hawaii. They yeah. gave that thought. As an example. Happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The metaphor. That's, that's, yeah. That's what happens over and over and over again. So, and the. Also, Elvis, also, we've heard this before, uh, and maybe you can weigh in on it, that idea that, and we heard it from Michael Newton, Morton, the idea that if you just say the name of the person you want to talk to, you start to ask them questions, and when they hear an answer or see an answer before they can even get to the question, then they know that they're on the right path or that they've made a connection. Oh, Interesting. That's so great. Okay, they're showing me something else that for people here. So for instance, I have a great, you know, really good girlfriend of mine, Gretchen, Gretchen Megan, they're an awesome couple. I absolutely love these girls. And she kept popping into my head the other day. I'm like, oh. and then I get a text from her. And I'm like, she beat me. She beat me to it because <laughs> I was thinking of her. We don't know who thinks of who first, right? Yeah. My daughter and I do this all the time where I'm not even looking at, like, she'll look at a menu, I'll look at a menu, there'll be a thousand things on the menu, and we'll pick the same thing. She'll, I'll send myself a text, and we just see, and we always do it, because we, oh. what, you know, we're so connected. Um, but we now, it's a game to us. It's super fun. It's a game to us. And you could do that with a living. So if somebody pops into your head, 
it's actually spirit giving you that. So it can be about somebody that's live here, you know? Yeah. So they can give it that, give that to you where you call that person and then that person can give you a sign of some sort. Right. Well, and I also want to ask you about this, Elvis and Luana, which is, so a lot of people then think about this process and they go, well, how come I can't get lottery numbers? Or why can't I cure the cancer that my uncle or my aunt has, or et cetera, et cetera? Why can't I fix this? My thing? dad would still be alive. And so it's that idea of you're said, on a journey. Go ahead. He said no, but he goes, I would have said no. Well, I mean, look, that I, I did hear my father's voice not too long ago saying if I had had this particular medicine that I was reading about, he said, I'd still be on the planet. And, it, and it, my instant reaction was, oh, why didn't I know this? Or why didn't I think of this? Or why didn't I study this? And the answer is, well, he is still alive. It's not, you know, I mean. Right. They're just in a different, they're wearing different clothes. That's what they're doing. Yeah. So it's not like he went anywhere, but he's trying to observe or trying to let me know that I can have that conversation with him and not then add, you know, sadness. Go ahead. So the sadness part. So I felt that they were saying like, cause my dad just showed up. I felt like he was saying, remember Jennifer, how you didn't talk to me. Like you didn't feel me for a while, for a long time. I always called you, like you got me through so much Richard. Um, and you still do. That being said, he's, I'm like, was it because you weren't there? Like you were off being busy. He's like, no, I was always there, but your grief was so much. You had so much grief. He said, he is, even if I was shouting, there was just nothing. There's no way for you to hear that when you grieve. So remember that as well. Don't get frustrated because I can't tell you how many clients of mine are like, how come you get a doctor? They even get, I'm like, you're, you just, you booked the appointment and now you're mad at me because I get a doctor. <laughs> I've had friends say that to me. Why would she appear to you? She was my best friend for 20 years. But Why would Luana come and, and talk I'm, to you? I'm like, okay, let's take a, let's go back a second. I'm like, I, I can talk to a lot of people's dead people. It doesn't mean it was easy for me to talk to my own. And that was the point as well. Like you might. Well, and I, and Jeff, if I may, I remember uh, we were having this conversation and you noticed your father's uh, an awareness of him and tears like just went right up to the top and, and you weren't able to speak. And so uh, it was, you know, my only insight in here is to say, well, if we distract her for a little bit, maybe we can continue this conversation. And I said, well, let's ask your father a question. And the question that popped into my mind was, well, how can we help people with grief? And of course I was talking about you, but I asked him to, to answer it like in the third person. Well, the way you can help other people aside from my daughter with grief, he said, you know, you can, if you move it to nostalgia, just to repeat that we've talked about this. Yeah. But I said, so what does that mean? And you looked at me with these tears and said, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about because you were still completely caught up in the emotion, but you heard what he said. So I said, right. well, let's ask him, what does he mean by that? And he said, grief is mostly sad emotions, sad memories. Nostalgia combines the two happier and sad memories. But when you can move grief to nostalgia, then be you begin the healing process. And yeah. so that's what I was able to help you do 
not to move grief to nostalgia, but to say, just even just to say, let's just think of this from a to purely a, a question. You know, I'm asking him a question. What does he say? And then from there, we went on these adventures with him. He took us to your Akashic library. He pulled out a volume of your life and showed us an incident that you did not remember, but he did. Yeah. As well as as well as taking us to a classroom where we got to meet the teacher in a physics class in deep space. And by the way, I've used because of your father, I've actually used that technique just in the past few days where I've been in a classroom with somebody. And then I'll say, can I talk to the teacher? Because that's he showed us that we could do that. And then I yeah. then go ask questions about and the teachers in the classroom. They know so much more than the person I'm talking to. And right. they're trying to translate what they're saying, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So it was, really, it was a little bit challenging because my dad passed away five years ago on the 31st, on the 30th and so, of January. And so like that morning, Fred was trying to distract me, which didn't work. And, I'm just, like, <laughs> and I, just, I just sat there. I'm like, I just need to feel it. And then what can I do to honor him? And it was, I was able to work that day. And I had two big you know, I had two family groups that came in for wine and spirits. What a, what a fun day for me. Like, I love going to work and yeah. to have my day. And I knew those people that day and every day is special, but that day it got me that distraction. And I was helping people like it truly is whatever you want, give it away. Like you, if, you know, we hear this all the time and that's what they're saying too. Like, if you want to talk to them, help somebody. Like do something that they love to do. Put yourself in that space and that will connect you even further. That's brilliant. If you really want to talk to them, do something for somebody else. Yes. So it might be somebody they love. It might be something they love, but it's a way of also connecting with them because you're now taking the time to talk to their son or their daughter or their nephew or the thing that they were passionate about. And then to talk about them in present tense. So that idea of, all right, so Elvis, is there anything else you wanted to mention? I know we're going to lose Jennifer in a few. No, no, hold on one second. Oh, you got a while? Okay. I thought well, that's... I don't know if I have a while. Just give me a second. Um, so I have 10 minutes. Okay. We Close can talk time. to a lot of people in 10 minutes. So uh, Mr. Presley, is there anything you else you want to talk about in terms of or Luana, do you have somebody else that you need us to chat with? Thank you. <laughs> he said, be kind when you talk to them. And that's interesting because he saw, he saw, he showed me like a, a, a picture of his, you know, of his ex, his wife, his ex-wife yelling at him when he was dead. His widow. Yeah. <laughs> like yelling at him when he was, you know, and he said, a lot of people do, he goes, you, we can't, it's not that we don't want to respond. You, it's another form of where they can't, you can't hear them. Wow, that's yelling. brilliant. So in other words, when you wanna to talk to someone who's not on the planet, and, be and kind. Be kind because there's so many people that have unfinished business. And that's probably why a lot of people make appointments with me or you know, because they feel the guilt will keep you away from the answers. So if you feel guilty about something with them and it's usually something that they, nine out of 10 times, almost 10 out of 10 times, they're like, oh, please stop feeling bad about that. There's so much more for us to talk about. But if you have any ounce of guilt of something that you feel you're doing wrong that would upset them, 
or that you're, you know, you did something wrong while they were alive. They don't want that. That's going to keep them from you. Guilt, anger is going to keep them from you. And again, they're there. It's not, it's not them not being there. It's just that your mind will is putting, it's putting your head in a safety net saying, okay, we can't talk to that person. Or we, you know, it overrules anything that you can do. Anything that the frequency might be able to be. Correct. And so Luana, is that what you wanted to talk to us about today as well? That idea that frequencies need to be clean and simple. Tuning into the afterlife says it all, she says. Tuning into the afterlife says it all. And, and, and you know, the, the book, we do talk about frequency a lot because, you know, it turns yeah. out that everything is frequency. I mean, light, Math, color, frequency. And they're showing me again before at the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about how how it's complicated for them to you know turn on a light like i won't change the light in my closet it goes on and off and i'm like hi dad i'm not going to change it to a woman i'm just not going to change it because it still goes on and it's only when i go in the closet interesting like i've had it on the whole time and it's dark and then when i go in there all of a sudden it'll flicker and i know that's my dad so i don't even want to change it i'll live in the dark in my closet i don't even want to change it anyway to make things happen, they were showing me how how it is a mathematical equation of time. Where so who's to say with what happened with you that they just go okay on this particular date? What is it going to take for this to happen? Like this timing and why? Like right. there's so it's so layered, 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 layered on the other side for them to do it here that we don't even realize what it takes. And also along those lines of mathematics, I was uh, uh, visiting a class the other day, just a couple of days ago, somebody's seeing a class, they're not under hypnosis, we're just doing a guided meditation, but I'm in a classroom and there's all these people here. I said, what's the class about? And she said, it's about mathematics and art. And I said, I, so is it, she didn't understand that? I said, you mean like, because math is ones and zeros and right. art, the creation of art, painting, photographs, whatever chefs anything it's all that idea it's a mathematical reality that we're doing as a construct to create that thing that we can then tangibly hold on to and so over there they have an easier time of doing it because they don't have the density of you know what's keeping us from it right right like food hunger sleep Yeah. yeah, all that stuff that that prevents yeah. us from accessing that information. And so, Luana, how are you helping people over there to communicate with us? Interesting. Huh. So I asked him, like, so how long does it take you guys to make something happen? And I got a thousand years. And I'm like, what? And they showed me lifetimes before, lifetimes after. Oh, oh I see. Everything to get that is, ability. Yeah. Like, like a student. <laughs> i'm sorry our cat i love agrees. that though. i love that that's um, her underlining what you say love back to love if you want to open up love is the highest frequency that you can possibly have to connect so, because if you're in love with yourself or you're in love with love or you're in love with somebody else, you're more open. <laughs> I think that may be the key to the planet and humanity and reality. 
I think you just elucidated the key to life, what life is and why we exist. And Jennifer tapped her nose for those listening well, they were in. Showing me over and over again, tapping it, but they also were saying like, that's why you said that about Charles Broden. Love, yeah, the love. When you say someone's the love of my life, it's not a confining idea. It's not a box. You're not somebody, you're not putting them in a box and putting them on a shelf. You're saying love as an open thing, as a uh, empathy, as connecting to all beings and all, all generations we need to say it more you know we need to you know we need to say it more i need to say it more like i need to be vulnerable enough to say it to someone yeah no it's true i mean of course you know it reminds me of curb your enthusiasm larry david's show you know when he you know when he we say something that's intimate to somebody that you're only dating after a couple of dates. It's like, oh, that's too soon. You can't go right to I love you. I well, I punched my husband more at the time when he said I love you. I'm like, you ruined it. I knocked him. <laughs> I'm like, how could you ruin it? I was and, so angry. And he's still yeah. ruining it. Gosh darn yes. it. I'm like, I love being his hostage for 20 years. <laughs> they Very good. Chasing you ever since. <laughs> Very good. Um I know you got to go. I just want to say this, Luana, I ran across uh, when I was preparing for this interview, I found some great old photographs that you had taken of Chuck. And so I brought them to the interview. But there were other pictures of friends of yours. And I passed them all around this morning, because it was like, oh, yeah, I better do that. And so they've all weighed in, they've all reconnected to you friends of hers from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And they all sent a really lovely note saying, and thank you. I have to say, well, I, 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 I didn't send him a picture, but there was something there of, of his. That's what she's that was saying. In oh, she's saying I should send that to him, by the way. All right, I'll, I'll be happy to. Yeah. I don't know if I'll get it. It would be harder to show him from up above. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Thank All you right. so much, Jennifer. And thank you, Lou. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks, and listeners. thank you, Dad, Jim. I appreciate it. All of you guys, we really appreciate you helping us do this podcast. And thanks for the people listening in. Absolutely. All right. Love, love. Love, love. Bye. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on gaia.com via Amazon Prime.